What's going on, guys and gals? <laughs> Welcome to episode 109 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my faithful co-host slash producer, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I don't, I don't like you uh, <laughs> one bit. Uh, you're, I, I said it last week. You're a drug mm-hmm. dealer. You're a peddler. You've ruined people's lives All with right. your we'll, addictions. We'll, we'll go into we'll go into detail on why Bilal is blaming me for his own actions. But first, let's introduce our third co-host for this episode, James. What's up, James? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, All right. Thank you for pulling me out from under that rock. I've been under there for a long time. It's nice, it's nice to see the sun again. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We used to joke about uh, the ghost of James, and he really That's did right. just straight up ghost us. He's like, I'm sick of these guys. <laughs> yeah, because it, I podcast for like, what, a good solid three some years, something like that, and then just got busy with life and just, you know, just didn't have time. I, yeah. I, think, I think it's very fitting that you chose October to be revived. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that kind of happens to all of us, right? Uh, I mean, this show was gone for however however long. And then, uh, yeah, we got to the point where Bilal and I decided that, yeah, life happens, right? And so if life happens, then life takes precedent. Um, but otherwise, it's an excuse for us to get together and, and hang out and talk about the stuff we love. And so we brought it That's back right. and we've been taking it a little bit less... Um, Serious? No, I, I still think we take it serious. Oh, yeah, we, I, I, I just think um, we're, we're not quite as precious about it anymore, right? Like, yeah. yes, we would love to be consistent, love to be heavier week. We'd love to be streaming five nights a week. But at this point, we're doing what we can, and we're just doing it for fun, which is first and foremost. And Somebody, so, somebody should have told me that we were trying to stream five nights a week before I decided to have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of gets in the way. Or got married, maybe. Maybe that would have right. been the better one. <laughs> But uh, uh, James, it's nice to have you back on the show. For those who don't know who are newer to the show and the podcast, uh, James had been doing his own podcast, uh, Life of Gaming podcast. He invited me on the show one time, and it's kind of part of the reason why I got so into podcasting and, and kind of got that you know bug for it. I think Bilal and I had already been doing some stuff. I don't know if we had been podcasting yet, but we had been writing reviews and doing stuff like that. And I had been making some YouTube content at the time. Uh, but James was doing the podcast and then eventually he was doing his and hosting, co-hosting on, on ours as well um, when he could make it. And so, yeah, so this is just a welcome return to, to for James. And I think we're gonna be seeing him on the content, on the podcast more often, I hope at least. Yeah, glad to be back. It's, like I said, it's been, it's been too long. <laughs> All right, so uh, enough about the past. Let's talk about the present and what we've been playing. I'll go ahead and kick it off, just get us going, because I don't have a ton that's new. Uh, I've continued to play Overwatch 2. I did my damage placements. Did I talk about my placements last week, Bilal, or no? Did I talk about to you about it privately? I think that was when I was working and doing the most annoying yes. assignment, and yes. then you sent me a party invite, and you're like, hey, let's play Grounded, and I was like... I was like, no, I, I really can't. I'm in the zone. <laughs> and so we just sat there chatting while I worked on a very annoying spreadsheet. Yeah, so uh, James, I know that you're also playing Overwatch 2. Have you done yeah. any of the competitive? A little bit. So um, I, when it first came out, I know like you guys talked about it last time, uh, 
I couldn't get into matches, right? I'd get into the into the load right. screen. It'd be like you're number two thousand two hundred or whatever, and I would just sit there and it wouldn't load. Uh, eventually, started working. Um, then my characters got all transferred. Uh, I I played, I want to say like five or six competitive matches. I've been choosing healing class every time because you get bonus okay. XP for that. So yes, I I played at least on the competitive side. I've been Baptiste each time. I've won every game, which has been nice. Uh, on the arcade side, you know, going back to favorites, playing as Tracer and playing as uh, Orissa and, 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 you know, going back to that kind of stuff. Although a lot of the characters I use in Overwatch 1, like Orissa, moveset totally changed, right? Yes, like right. Having only one tank, way different. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed, 100%. I, I actually like, I talked about this last week, so I won't go into it again, but I like all the changes they've made. Uh, but I, yeah, I went and did my competitive placements. The way you get placed is instead of playing a set number of matches and then basing off your performance of record, you now get placed after seven wins or 20 losses, you know, whichever comes first. I played my placement matches. I think I went seven and two, something like that, and in damage, and I got placed bronze three. <laughs> Which is not quite the lowest, but two steps above the lowest you can be placed. And then I can't imagine where I will be placed. <laughs> and then I played uh, seven more, actually like won my next seven, and then got boosted up to silver two. So it didn't make a huge jump. I still feel like silver two is a little bit low. And then lo and behold, recently the developers came out and said that there was a glitch that was placing everybody way too low on their placements. And so hopefully now, uh, once I finish this next set of placements, I will be at a, an appropriate level. I kind of don't mind it. I think Bilal mentioned it when I saw it so privately. It is kind of fun to be, you know, playing in matches where other people are bronze, even though I don't feel like I'm a bronze. Although now, like I said, I'm a silver. And so, uh, yeah, I've been finding actually a, a lot of success in, in competitive and it, it's been a good time. I, I've, I've really been enjoying it. it, it just like any competitive game. There are times where you get really frustrated when it feels like people aren't playing their their roles necessarily, um, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying my time with it so far. Uh, and not to go too long at Overwatch too, but James, you, you would say you're enjoying yourself as well. Oh yeah, yeah, having a good time. Like um, just playing healing class, Baptiste and Yada a lot uh, you know, on on my side for that. Um, and I think I played damage one time, maybe twice, and I, I think mm -hmm. I was fair once, tracer once. Uh, I know last time you mentioned you like to switch characters a lot on the fly. I'm the kind yeah. of person, I'm like, I get a character, I'm going to stick with it and try to make it to the match if I can, um, yeah. which doesn't always work out. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think for the most part, healing roles are actually okay with kind of sticking with, I mean, there are, there. Are, I think there are situations where you do want to make the switch once you you know all the characters and you understand like which characters right. character counter which. I think that's part of the reason why I like competitive is because I like that the mental aspect and the mind games behind like, Oh, I've been playing Farah. I dominated that first round. Now they're coming out and they're Sojourn and 76 or McCree mm -hmm. and 76. Like people who hit scan, who can focus me and take me out of the air pretty quickly. So now let me switch over to, you know, Sombra or let me switch over to 76 myself and just be Call of Duty guy, you know? Um, <laughs> no, I, I've, I've really been enjoying that aspect. The other game I've been playing, and again, won't spend too much time on it, is I've been playing The Quarry. Uh, I think, Bilal, we talked about this last time on the podcast, how I had started it. I think I gave you a hard time because, you know, I thought we were going to play together, but you went ahead and played that whole thing without me. Uh, Listen, I had a great time. I streamed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, am, I think I finished Chapter 8, so I'm on Chapter 9. So I'm like, only a, couple, there. Yeah, yeah. only a couple chapters left. Um, I enjoy these type of games. It's that time of the year, you know, uh, where I'm excited to play spooky games. 
I think when it is spooky, it, it does a really good job. I like the I like the particular horror story that they're telling right now. I it's funny. I went back and read like some reviews uh, last night after I finished my play session, just to see what like other people thought of it. And I saw some reviews that were like, "Oh, you know, it's helped out by it's fantastic writing." And I think the writing is awful. Like it's, it's passive. It, it's what I expect out of one of these, <laughs> you know, not, like, but it's just so like, granted, I, I, in my opinion, classic horror, campy horror has some like campy lines, but it, it feels like every single character, except for Brenda Song's character is trying their hardest to be unlikable. <laughs> and it, like, especially the guys. Um, oh, my God. Uh, Justice Smith's character is just uh, like, yeah. have yeah. you never talked or interacted with a human before? Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I, I think all the guy characters actually have their moments where it's just like, this is not, nobody, nobody is like this, you know? Um, but nevertheless, I am enjoying my time with it, and I am excited to see the conclusion. I will say that I was a little cold on it when it first started, but I think by the time the horror part of the story and the setup of the characters was kind of done, I, I was, I was all in and I'm, I'm kind of all in. So I, I, th I think, you know, you, you bring up like the characters, like, like nobody is like these characters or like they're mm -hmm. just they're trying too hard. But I think like with some of the characters that, that is the case cause they're, they're at camp and this is like the version of, uh, themselves that they're trying to portray but I, I do get it's like it's at very much at an extreme uh, right <laughs> uh, with some of them right like all right not for nothing but this game is is half a year old at this point something like that mm -hmm. right yeah um actually maybe it's not even that old did it come out in august yeah. mm -hmm. I, I, I think it was I, like june or july right anyway Time is that yeah a flat circle something like so, that well, anyway, if that, makes you feel uh, better, I still haven't purchased it yet. I'm still playing through Dark Pictures Anthology from Ashes, the third game. I haven't finished that yet. So, <laughs> oh, I haven't. I actually, I haven't played the. I actually haven't played the third game either. Uh, I finished those first two. I haven't played the third one in that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I hopped over to this one because this one, everybody was talking about. This was like a return to form to them and, and closer to uh, what was the first Until Dawn. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so. I uh, hopped into this. There's actually, I mean, to your point, there's a character that flat out says that they're like putting on a front right yeah. um but even still <laughs> it's a terrible front and it's just like i don't know it, it that really like kind of takes me out of it sometimes um but uh it also kind of drives me crazy and i understand right these people are you're playing these different characters and they're making decisions and they don't know what's going on but i know what's going on i've seen all this other stuff yeah and so the game forces you sometimes to do things and make decisions that you already know isn't what you should be doing in that situation because you know some things that those characters don't know or whatever. And so have, I get a little frustrated with that sometimes. Have you found a lot of the tarot cards at all during your playthrough? I, I think I had one chapter where I didn't find any. Uh, and then every other chapter I have found at least one. And then I think in the most recent one, I found two or whatever. I think like the first couple of chapters, I didn't find any at all. And then mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, what am I supposed to be finding here? Because during those like uh, scenes in between the chapters, yeah. and she's like mad at you. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, she's like, she's like, you open your eyes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh no it's uh yeah it's it's definitely a good time uh i haven't played the the dark pictures anthology games um mm -hmm. but i do want to get to them it's just priorities right now yeah i will say so far that this one is better than those first two that i played um and so and so so uh, to say that this is the best thing i've played from them since until dawn would be correct but all right um i've been playing one more thing but We'll wait because it's something that all three of us have been playing, and I think it's the one that we're going to want to talk about the most. Uh, let's go ahead and get to James. James, what, what else have you been sure. playing besides uh, Overwatch 2? Sure. So um, I, I, we talked about Overwatch 2. Um, <laughs> one of the things I've been doing um, with the Assassin's Creed 15-year anniversary that just happened, I'm like, man, I haven't played the Assassin's Creed games in a while. So I've just kind of been slowly playing the series, like since that was that last month. So I played yeah. the first one, which actually holds up pretty well because like on the series x like it ups the frame rate and like you know uh, like it does auto hdr just, yeah, yeah it ups mm -hmm. the, like all that just looks way nicer and plays really well so i've played through that i played through assassin's creed 2 and now i'm almost done with brotherhood uh, and i've played that like in a long time like really long time but like playing through mm -hmm. them again it's just interesting like remembering these games and why i love the series so much because they've changed so much since that like original you yeah know, the way they played originally mm -hmm. so um I'm looking forward to Mirage. I've always liked the series, although I never finished Valhalla. That game is way too big. So yeah, been no, these, no one has eventually. Yeah. No one has finished Valhalla. It's impossible. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I, no, you think you did? It's like 200 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I really do hope that they go back to even if they keep some of the RPG uh, elements that they've brought into the franchise since. I just want them to go back towards a, an appropriate and a suitable game length, right? Yeah. I, I feel like they are they're just too content rich at this point to the mm -hmm. point where like what ends up happening is I just get overwhelmed. And then it's like, I don't want to come back to this because I feel like I still have so much ahead of me and I haven't made significant progress. And yes. I understand that there are some games where... where <sighs> There's some games that do this really, really well, right? Where like Elden Ring, Elden Ring is a massive, massive game. I always felt like I was making progress. You know, mm -hmm. even if I knew I wasn't close to the finish line, I still felt that feeling of like accomplishment. And I don't think I can say the same about Assassin's Creed necessarily, even though that game is essentially, you know, one of those checklists, the game. Mm -hmm. um, so I do hope that they kind of rein it back a little bit and we start getting back to a length that is like Brotherhood, which in my opinion is the best game in the franchise still. And See, so now, it's interesting you say that because I remember Brotherhood being like in my top two, probably top two or three mm -hmm. and playing through it again. I'm like, cause like just playing them back to back. Yeah. I think I like, at least of the three I've played so far, I think I think Assassin's Creed two is better, which I don't remember liking mm -hmm. it better, but mm -hmm. I think Assassin's Creed two is better because Brotherhood is to the point where now when I open up the game and look at the map, it's just like icons everywhere like yeah right so that was like the stuff. start of it and so i had yeah. to go into the map options every time and turn a bunch of stuff off just to find my missions or like you mm -hmm. know to, to go somewhere and like i love the idea in brotherhood where you're like you're you're you know rejuvenating the city and you're opening stores and you're you know yeah. building this this brotherhood of assassins i love that part but like this there's like no story like i'm playing it i'm <laughs> like it just it's just kind of funny um yeah. But I mean, I'm enjoying it, but I think I like two better as of right now. I'm kind of like keeping a ranked list in the Excel sheet and like making notes um, just to kind of because it's been so long since I played through them. 
Nice. I'm excited you to, for you to finish all of them and then give me your final listing so I can tell you why you're wrong. All right. I, what else? I, 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 <laughs> I just, just want to say, James, I am shocked anyone can play Assassin's Creed games back to back without wanting to like. I, I, honestly, I think that's torture. Like, I love these games, I love the franchise, <laughs> but like, I after I, I like 100% Origins, uh, then like two years later, I 100% Odyssey. Well, that's also your. That's also that's your problem. Oh, oh, okay, that's okay, right. I, you're okay, out there 100 percenting. Yes. Oh, okay, but like those, you could do like in like 60 to 80 hours. Valhalla came around two years after yeah. Odyssey, and I was like, at that point, I was like, this is too much. Like, and I yeah. never got past the starting island, and yeah, it's just, ah, uh. yeah, it's too much. It's too much. But I mean, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how long I hold out. Because I mean, like right now, I'm only three games in. I'm almost done with Brotherhood. I'm like two chapters or so from the end. Um, but I'm. Uh, I'm ready to, after two of the three games, I know I'm going to be Ezio. I'm like, okay, I'm almost done with the Ezio story. Let's, let's, you know, like, Ezio is obviously the most yeah. popular assassin for a reason. That's why I got three games. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how long I, I make it, how far into the series I go. I, I never go through all of them over time. I never even finished, uh, what is it, Revelations? Is that the next one? I love the Revelations. The story ending for that uh, was so nice. Now, uh, all I remember about Revelations is hating the tower defense stuff. So we'll see if I feel the same oh, way. Okay. I, I, I know I know people had big complaints about that, but I only had to do it like two times in that entire game and I never yeah. understood why people made such a big deal about it. I don't think I don't think I mind that at all. I just didn't like the whole Desmond arc wrapping up. No, because it doesn't wrap up till three. The whole Desmond right, right. the whole like Desmond kind of being broken and there being that like remnant of the yes yeah. Yeah. oh my so god I, I forgot all about that yes yeah. so i, I that, that's that's the kind of stuff that was just like yeah i'm not this yeah. isn't doing it for me all right so uh, but, uh what else what else that, have you been dipping in sure other than that um like we talked about overwatch 2 playing that mm-hmm. um but one thing i've been doing lately that i just kind of found over the last few years just not having as much time as i used to mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of funny because i'm slowly playing through assassin's creed which can obviously <laughs> get a lot bigger playing a lot of indie titles right like last mm-hmm. year i think it was last year death's door was like my favorite. Uh, was that last year? Yeah. It was love last Death Store. Yes, it was that was last like my year. favorite yep. game of the year. This mm-hmm. year, like I loved Tinykin, hundred percent. It thought it was mm-hmm. great, and I just feel I just finished uh, Beacon Pines, which was actually a really good game. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's just this. It's it's kind of a horror mystery. It's it's very strange, right? Because the animation is kind of like a kid's game. It's got this nice narrator. Mm-hmm. It's got this great feel of the game, but then like there don't want to spoil it, but like there's horror elements in it and there's uh-huh. language in it. So I'm like, it's more for adults. So I'm like, where is this game kind of falling? <laughs> and what, what, what style but, of game is it specifically? Is this an adventure um, game or? Yeah, I, I guess it'd be an adventure game. Like you're literally walking through a storybook and like the pages will turn and a narrator will come up and like read something, like kind of explain part of the story to you. Uh-huh. And then as you play through the game, you learn different words. So like, um, I'm trying to think what were some options? Like, you'll learn fight or you'll learn flight, right? And so like mm-hmm. you come to this section and say, in this section, you chose to do this. And like, so you can choose one of these options, right? And then you can see this narrative tree, a literal tree that like branches off in one direction. And then later, if you want to, you can go back, change your choice and see how the other branch kind of plays out. Um, but you do hit areas in the story that are like dead ends. They're like, oh no, the story should have ended that way. Let's go back. And so you gotcha. go back and like, you can see which words you haven't used in which places. I think it's like, 20, 20 or so words you find throughout, and, and you can like fit them in different places. And how long did it take you to beat? Oh, geez. Um, less than 10 hours. 
Okay, cool. It's, it's short. Like, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a good, easy game. Like I said, it's got a great feel to it. After I finish it, I'm like, this is a really good game. I really like this a lot. Um, just the mix of everything, like the art style, the narration, the story. Like, it had, it had some good moments. You're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Like, it had some some pretty good moments in it. All right, nice. Yeah, I'll definitely give this yeah. a shot. And it, it was great. It's on Game Pass on PC and Xbox. I, I mean, that's how I play most of my stuff now. If it's on Xbox, I'll at least try it. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> on Game Pass, that, I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's kind of where I've been at as well. Like the things that I've downloaded on PC on the console, uh, just to dabble in. And so, like, I actually next week I'll be talking about another Game Pass game that I, came out this week that I haven't been able to boot up yet, but uh, is appropriate for this time of year. Now, I, I will say, everyone keeps telling me download Persona Five, and I'm like. I don't have uh, like 100 plus hours to invest in this game. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I know how big it is. I know it's a massive game. But listen, like, I don't, I don't either. I, I don't either, it. but I'm going I, to. I, I, <laughs> listen, James, listen, you're replaying Assassin's Creed. Right, you true, have to, true. you have that time. <laughs> well, like when I'm hopping in playing like, you know, one mission here or there over time, it doesn't take me that long. You just, you just do a day or two. I'm still in shorter <laughs> games. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, all right, and then I see here on the list that you've also been uh, you've been doing a little Fall Guys. Yeah, so um, there's certain games my wife and I would play together. Um, sea of Thieves, one of them. We actually still love Sea of Thieves. Play a ton of that a lot still. Um, but we also play. We were playing Fortnite for a while, and she kind of fell off on that. But now we're playing Fall Guys. She loves Fall Guys. We're so just playing a lot of that. Um, I never. Well, I had a PS4, um, but I never got into Fall Guys then because that was on was on PS5. When did, I'm trying to remember when that came out. No, for, uh, PS4. Four. PS4. PS4. Yeah. Yeah, I had a PS4, but yeah. never played it. Um, then sold the PS4, and then it came, obviously, free to play to Xbox recently. It's on the second season now. Uh, we're just playing through it together a lot, like doing all the different challenges and, you know, having friends play with us, and we're having a great time. They had this, it's what, just, new... It's just dumb fun to play. You know, just dumb fun to kind of, you know, level up. Have you tried out this wormhole event? I have not. No, I haven't played it uh, this week at all. Um, but I know they're constantly adding stuff and I will say my wife is so funny because she'll know there's certain, certain like characters I like and she'll just go in the store and just buy, buy them for me. And uh -huh. so like, I'll, I'll turn my game on and like all the monkey ball skin or I'll have, uh, the, um, what, what did she get me recently? Like the Star Trek, the Spock skin, like she'll just, she'll just buy me random skins in the game. And so I'll never know what's going to happen when I turn the game on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's sweet. All right. Uh, Bilal, before we get into the well, game, we've all... Well, yeah, no, uh, before we do that, I have to ask James something. Uh, James, so as, as we were catching up uh, yeah. on uh, Discord, uh, you mentioned you, you got a pre-order in for the Logitech Cloud G. The G Cloud, yeah, I did. The G Cloud, I, I okay. Yep. So, so that, that thing comes in around like 350 I'm, I'm very right. curious why you went that route versus like a Steam sure. Deck. So the reason I went with that is like we talked about the Discord, Bing credit, Xbox credit, because I have like a year of, of like streak, over a year of streaks on Xbox and Bing. I've got mm -hmm. all this credit and Xbox like gift cards for my birthday all the way back in July. I put all that together and you can use all that to buy stuff on the Microsoft Store. So it cost me $57. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, oh, super okay. cheap. I'm going to check it out. Um, but the main reason I got it, 
Um, because like we talked about before, we've got an Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. I use the X, my wife used the S. Um, but most of the time, like I'm the one on the TV, and they you know, sometimes she's like, Well, we don't use the TV this time. And I'm like, it'd be great if I can just stream my Xbox to a handheld and just play it like that, you know? Yeah. And from yeah. what it does, just like guess what I'm gonna use it for? I'm gonna use it to stream my Xbox to the screen. I mean, maybe I'll play some Android games on it, you know, occasionally, but it's mainly just gonna be a streaming device for me. Like not even not even the Game Pass cloud streaming but actual like in-house streaming yeah yeah right um, because I like, like i do that to my phone and i've got i don't have it here anywhere but i've got a razor a razor kishi right but it's mm -hmm. so small it cramps up my hands mm -hmm. i'd much rather have something that's more comfortable to hold to play long term um because what i've heard from some people like early play testing of this one guy said he had like two weeks and have to charge it once because like wow. 12 hours or more battery life because all it does it's is screen. There's not a lot of yeah. horsepower. Yeah. So it, you don't, it doesn't burn through battery. And I'm like, that'd be great just to pick it up, sit down, play some stuff, turn it off. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking forward to, tr to try it out. And the, like I said, the main reason I got it over the Steam Deck was because I didn't have to pay a lot of money for it <laughs> out of pocket. It's just, <laughs> no, that... like I said, Bing credit, Xbox credit, it adds up really fast. Like, I used a lot of my credit to get this back in September. And here we are, middle of October, and I've almost got, you know, I've got $15, $20 in credit again. So it just, it just adds up. And when you buy stuff at the Microsoft Store, those points can add to your credit again. So it's just like this thing that just keeps on churning for me and getting me free stuff. <laughs> Phil Spencer just texted me. He said the cash oh, and the check are that's in right, that's right. <laughs> Although I will say it came out Monday. And here we are Wednesday. And I just got my shipping information for it this afternoon. So I'm like, no, it's supposed to be here like end of the week. So we'll see. Uh, I, uh, also, I'm curious to hear how that all goes. Just a little, little, just a little side note. So you mentioned having the Razer Kishi. I, I had a Kishi. I have this other, like, uh, to me, it's like a no-name brand because I hadn't heard about them before. And I've been trying to find, like, the perfect way to, like, use, because my, my phone is massive, right? Mm -hmm. And so if I can get something that fits on here comfortably, like, that's the way. The problem is, is that almost all of those things require you to take the case off. Yep. And mine, so yep. I got to take the case off mine. Yeah. So yeah. funny. So funny enough, uh, Turtle Beach actually announced their version of that, and it is instead of having like a uh, an elastic like band holding it together, it is two separate pieces that clip on and is adjustable, so that you, in theory, you can play with a case on. Oh, And nice. so I'm I'm curious to see how what people say about that one and how that one feels, because that would be great if I could keep a case on yeah. and actually yeah, have to uh, be able to play with one of those. The, the biggest issue with my phone now, because I got my Kishi on a different phone. Mm -hmm. um, I've got the, the Google Pixel 6 now, and it's got that yeah. big camera bump on the back. Right. So yep. I not only got to take it out of the case, but I'd like pull the rubber part out of the one side just to make it to fit the phone. So it's still kind of like awkward and doesn't like hold it yep. right. Uh, and plus, if I stream too long, like the phone gets hot and all this stuff. So I'm like, and it kills the battery. So I'm like, I just want a standalone handheld. Another reason why I went with the cloud. I'm like, I just, I need, I want a standalone handheld to use at home. Yeah, no, I mean, I've thought about it. There's that one, and there's also Razer, what's that, the Razer Edge, oh, or whatever the, it got announced. Now, the Razer Edge is is just, from what I understand, it's a tablet with the Kishi that snaps on, like, Joy-Cons, I think, right? Okay. I, I, yeah. Mm, yeah, maybe. Maybe that is what it is. Um, except it's their, like, new version of the Kishi that mm -hmm. I, my understanding is it only fits that. And so, I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what happens in that market because I think yeah. that's a great. I think it's a great idea. But then, as Bilal alluded to, you've also got the Steam Deck, which isn't right. like no that much more money, and so uh, I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah, like, you know. And so, like I could tell you, 
And James, you probably already noticed it's like the in-house streaming is so much better than the xCloud and yeah, the performance. Right. Yeah. Um, just in, in general. But like what I found is even with the Steam Deck, because uh, I've been playing Plague Tale Innocence, I was hoping to finish it before uh, Requiem came out so I could talk about Requiem today, but we'll talk about what happened there. Uh, but like <laughs> it, 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 it plays great. So like I, I, grabbed, uh, I grabbed Plague Tale on... Um, on Steam, like I found like a nine dollar key, and I, I started it back up there. It, it, like it plays great, but like I, I always feel like it, the joysticks just uh, maybe it's just Plague Tale. Uh, like it, it just wasn't as accurate as I would like it to be in yeah. that form factor. Um, sometimes right. I just sometimes I just wish like when they whoever like designs these like controllers and stuff would just cut an Xbox controller in half and just <laughs> yeah. like stick it on yeah. the sides like like well, right. that or like yeah. a dual sense like yeah. that, that's essentially what I want. I mean, um, to this day, yeah. the best experience I have when I do that stuff is when I'm not a lazy POS and I actually use like the controller with the snap-on holder that holds my sure, phone yeah. and then hold it like that. Granted, it's not. It's also not the most comfortable thing because it is top-heavy, right? Right. Because yeah. um, yeah, I have one as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it is like as far as controlling is concerned, it's still the the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I will say with the streaming though, like if even streaming at home, like if I'm playing something like Assassin's Creed, like in bed and I've got the PC mm. on the phone, I'm just playing Assassin's Creed, runs great. I mean, there's a very, very tiny hint of latency you can notice every once in a while and the, yeah. right. it makes the character almost feel a little heavier. Um, mm -hmm. But if you're playing an online game, right? Like I don't really notice in Fall Guys, but like the other day I tried to play Overwatch in bed on my phone mm. and you notice it. Like it's, it's playable, it's 100% yeah. playable, but yeah. the lag is noticeable. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, so that, they're just- the only, because you're doing like you're you're running the internet for the game, but you're also running the internet to stream to yeah. your phone. It's just like even though I have everything hardwired, uh, it's still just it, it causes some trouble. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean the infrastructure still isn't there where this is going to be. Right. I don't like I, I've always said I I don't think the foreseeable future is going to have us supplanting physical local games with streaming games. Uh, the infrastructure is just not there. But as an add-on proposition, the way that Game Pass does it, and oh man, I saw somebody else talking about having a oh netflix was talking about having a cloud streaming solution yep. yeah it's in our stories and, yeah oh okay cool and so uh see there's a reason i host now spoiler uh, <laughs> yeah there's uh yeah as an add-on proposition i think it's awesome and i think that yeah. also allows you to overlook a lot of its shortcomings yeah I, and like that's it's the stadia thing like yeah i i thought stadia was a great service but it's not somewhere where i would want to spend 60 dollars and buy a game where i can't download and at least play it locally right um yeah and so like i played a lot of immortals phoenix rising on that uh and i thought it worked great and then when i got home i would jump but well, my cloud save from uplay was there and i played it locally off of uplay on my mm -hmm. uh on my or is it ubisoft club i forget what they call it now um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, All right. So you have how much did you were you able to actually play a, a decent amount of Plague Tale Innocence? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So I I started off on the PC, uh, 4K looked beautiful, and then I brought it. Uh, then I jumped on the bus, and I know last week I said I didn't enjoy playing the Steam Deck on the bus because I was getting motion sickness. Not the Steam Deck's fault. It just turns out the bus and Jersey roads are terrible. Yeah. Uh, and I get I get motion sickness regardless. Um. So I was like, okay, let me play this, and it played great. Uh. Even like running it, uh, like 
you you can mess around with the settings and like get your preference. I just throw it on low or medium to get like a sixty frames per second, and it looks and plays great. Like it has the cloud save options. I was very very impressed with uh, just kind of being able to pick up a PC game and just continue with it. Uh, I plan on continuing to play uh, and finish this up, finishing it up this weekend. So it's not too long of a game. Is this one like stealth heavy? Like the first it, one it was. Is. Hmm. Oh, oh no! Right, this, this is the first one. Innocence is the first one. I mean, oh, uh, oh, oh, okay, yeah. right, right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, tried Requiem yet. Well, okay. Uh, what I've decided to do because I found a tutorial on it is mm. on the Steam Deck you can actually do a boot, and I think you can run Windows uh, 11 off a of SD card. And so my idea is uh, anything that's on PC Game Pass, I'll just put it on Windows. There. Yeah, that's and that, that way I could play that locally instead of having to rely on a uh internet connection for xcloud so <laughs> um sorry i looked over at the chat uh that's interesting i i you know i i'm thinking about <laughs> trying that second one and just skipping over the first one and see if the, the second one maybe isn't as stealth focused um but anyway all right so let's get into what we've been alluding to since the beginning of the show the game that all three of us are are playing i mean technically i've been playing this for like four or five months now uh Bilal, since you seem to have uh stuck the needle all the way in your arm <laughs> what uh what else have you been playing um there's this game you were talking about that i was half listening to because you know it was on android only at the time and uh you know it sounded interesting mm-hmm. uh, and in closed well, beta wasn't just on and, Android only. Yeah, closed beta, yes. The one I yeah. was invited to, but, you know, I, I just can't live that Android life. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, so, and so Marvel Snap is finally out on iOS and Android as a 1.0 and mm-hmm. it's early access on uh, Steam. It's a, what you would, it's not a TCG. They call it a card battler. You're not mm-hmm. opening packs. Uh, you right, you're have, not trading anything, yeah, right? right. It's, a, it's like, what, a 10-card deck? Uh, uh, yes. It's a 10-card deck. You have, uh, I think, Hearthstone in terms of, like, your resources going up at the beginning of every uh, turn. And cards have value, like a power value uh, that you need to in order to play. I think what really grabbed me from the, from the instant was a fantastic tutorial. They ease you mm-hmm. in against bots. You don't, like mm-hmm. in the beginning, you're like, am I playing against bots? Am I not? You don't care. You're winning. It feels great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very quick and easy to pick up. Uh, they r- teach you the mechanics really well. Like everyone's always like, yeah, I won 12 in a row. And then they throw you that 13th one w- once you get into like ranked, which is like, this is how you retreat when you're losing a game. So you yeah. don't lose your rank. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it, and then, then it like, it sets you loose. I like that there's no booster packs to open, uh, but there is a uh, randomness. So like as you upgrade your cards with the resources you get, um, you kind of work up this like collection chain or collector yes. score. And so mm-hmm. like for like every two stars, you either get like a boost, uh, like a booster points to upgrade a card, uh, or like it's a currency that you need to upgrade them to like different levels. It goes from like common to uncommon, rare, and, epic, and legendary. Upgrading a card just affects its uh, aesthetics, Visual. right? Yeah. And so and it, that's a, that's the other yeah. thing is that when you play these cards, a lot of them have visual effects that are associated with them, and they usually reflect the character in play, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, when you're leveling up these cards, you're also you're leveling up the actual 
the look of the card in in the sense that like now the now the the art is going to break out of the frame now the art is actually going to have like a 3d effect to it and you're gonna have an animated frame and that's the way you work up and then actually i don't know if you've gotten to the point where you've gotten one all the way up to its max tier but after that you can then uh start working on a variant of that where it makes the background like neon and now you're doing the same thing upgrading that variant of the card up um and so Wait, so it gives you like a random variant of that card? No. So it gives you the same card, yeah. right? Except it changes it a little bit, right? And, and and most times what it does is it makes the background neon colored. Okay. Um, and neon as in like when you think of like cyberpunk neon colors, right? We're talking okay. like, like blues and pinks and stuff like that. Um, sure. It gives it more of a foil effect, honestly, if you want to think about it. Uh and so, yeah, it's cool. And yeah, as you said, just you're going up this, every time you do that, you go up this collection track and that's how you unlock new cards. And those, they're listed as question marks, but that is a set track. And so- um, well, So it's, it's not random? Those, no, those cards are not random. It oh, is okay. a set track, yes. So that, that I was like, well, then how do people make these decks? And so like what I, uh, one of the things I did yesterday um, was I went like on, I was like, okay, so if this is a deck builder, there are websites out there that have like guides. And what I noticed was like, there's like three uh, tier pool, uh, pools, depending on your collector score. Like, mm-hmm. like you can make your deck, like if you're in this, that, like first, second or third. And, yeah. um, it's, it, it seems like there's a ton of cards. There's, a, there's a ton of cards. Yeah. Um, I have, so yesterday on my bus ride home, I rem- like I had gotten the email. I saw um, like Marvel Snap had released while I was at work. I'm glad I didn't download it when I was there. I was on the bus. I downloaded it. I started it up. I was supposed to be. Pl- I was like, I'll do one or two matches of this. Yeah. I was supposed to be playing Plague Tale Innocence, um, so I could wrap that up. Uh, and my goal was to play on the bus, go home. Uh, we weren't doing Gloomhaven last night since uh, Danny is uh, out of town, and I was gonna wrap. A plague tale but then i also found out mario and rabbit sparks of hope had released so i was like maybe i'll so i grabbed that in uh new york i got it two days early i was like i'll play that when i get home and so i could talk about it today no i played 12 hours of marble snap since yesterday how do i know 12 hours because i went into my battery usage uh for the last 10 days and that number one was marble snap and it was like 11 hours and 50 minutes of like on-screen active time and like 12 like 20 minutes in the background what's your um, what's your collection score now I after will, 12 hours i'm curious um, i god it is so i know my rank my rank score right now is 41 mm. i believe oh okay nice even yeah. so even you've even getting those dubs yeah and i and i think <laughs> like that's what i like i i feel like i've been winning fairly consistently like a good maybe like in the beginning, it was like ninety five percent, unless like I've really messed up and wasn't paying attention. Now I think it's yeah. more on like eighty five. Um, yeah. My collection rank is one twenty two. Oh okay. Wow, you've made some progress. Yes, and my season pass is at thirty one. Um, <laughs> uh, the second season pass, I already finished the recruiter one, which was twenty levels. Right. That I, one. Th- and that yeah. one's free, right? That one's free. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so and so like that's the other thing when it comes to monetization in Marvel Snap, it's there. There is a store um that you can buy variants of cards and the variants are just like cards you can get by just playing uh there's different art styles of them so you can like pay to unlock them early if you wish or upgrade a card a little bit quicker or buy gold to 
unlock variants or uh, season pass levels mm. and that and that's about it like and then and then the season pass if you want the season pass for yeah. symbiote season pass is like ten dollars i think $10. for the base yeah yeah and and that's it and i was like that this that seems like a no-brainer i've already poured a 12 hours, hours. Yeah. Like my, my wife my wife was like aren't you coming downstairs like aren't you gonna go play something i was like i've been playing marvel snap my phone has died once already and before <laughs> the night was done i had drained my phone twice yeah. uh it <laughs> like i, I it, it's a problem i got off the bus and I, I got into the car and i'm like no one's gonna be waiting for me at home like i go do a couple matches as I sit here. I get home and my wife was like, "Oh yeah, we were waiting outside for you for like 10-15 minutes." I saw him find my iPhone that like, "Oh, you made it. You made it to your car." Uh, and so we were just waiting outside, but it got cold. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I had to work messages to." Uh, so no, this, this so this game, this game, in my opinion, I think I talked about it when I first talked about it. You know, however many months ago, is this is the epitome of the oh, just one more, right? The just yeah. one more game. I just you, just, just one more so match. Fast. Like that one yeah. was quick. Just one more. I you know I, I won that one. I, I or yeah. I lost that one. Can't go to bed on a loss. Like you know, <laughs> don't don't play this game in the bathroom because yeah. your wife your wife will hunt. Your wife will hundred percent be like, what were you doing in there for so long? Mm. The only response you can come up with is Marvel Snap, and mm. then you are walking like a duck or a penguin mm. because your legs are dead. They yep. just fell asleep. They died. They suffocated from so, lack of blood flow. So, um, James, you've been also playing. I, I hope that you yeah. haven't been neglecting normal human responsibilities and adult responsibilities for this Have game. I like showered other people. today? <laughs> uh, uh, no, like I, my level's much lower. My collector score is like in the twenties, like okay. low twenties. But I mean, I've been enjoying it. Like I've, I've just been playing on lunch break, you know, in, in the evenings and stuff. Nothing crazy um, so far. I think I've lost two matches, but one of those was the one that forced you to retreat because it wants to teach you how to retreat. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like, I feel like it's, as you start off, as long as you understand the general concept and the rules, like, and just pay attention to where you place your cards, I feel like you can get wins pretty easy early on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then uh, as you get older, I mean, as you get older, as you get higher <laughs> yeah. up in the as ranks and stuff like that, yeah. and you're, and you're yeah. playing more people who actually know what they're doing and stuff like that, you will run into some difficulty. You'll also, one of the things to keep in mind is they'll show you what the feature, one of the things that Bilal mentioned is besides playing the cards, there's also three locations that you want to play at. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the goal of the game to win a match is to have the higher power on two out of the three locations. Now, if you have one location, they have one location, and you draw on the third, then total power is is the, the tiebreaker. Now, yeah, so I didn't understand that in the beginning yeah. because I kept on winning every tiebreaker, and I thought yeah. it was like, oh no, you. Uh, I was like, I guess everyone wins on a tiebreaker yeah. until mm -hmm. I finally lost one. Uh, yeah. And then let me pull this up. So. And and so, and each location has a different effect. Now, one of the things that you're mm -hmm. gonna, you guys will learn is that there are featured locations every week or every couple of days, something like that. And the featured locations will oftentimes dictate what deck you're bringing in there, because there are some featured locations that negate on reveal effects, that negate uh, ongoing effects, that give you a bonus for discarding or cause you to discard, or cause you to. Uh, a 25% chance that the card played here will be destroyed. And so knowing that that could potentially come into play ahead of time and that there's a higher likelihood that lo that location is going to come to play than other locations, you are now bringing in different decks built around different mechanics based on those locations. And that's one of the things I, I really, really like um, I, about this game. Yeah, and like 
uh, yeah, I love like the that the three foundations or uh, areas uh, mm-hmm. that you can play the cards can change up. Uh, I like that like Scarlet. There's a Scarlet Witch card that can like mm-hmm. completely change up what uh, that location is. Yeah, uh, and then I love the mind games. Because, like, you know if someone plays Hawkeye, which then creates a field that the next card played there will give him, mm-hmm. like, plus two uh, mm-hmm. to his power, then someone will just play, like, a, a Star-Lord, which will then, like, hey, if someone plays in this arena, then uh, you get, like, a power boost. Yeah. Like, there's so many mind games you can play uh, with folks, and it's, and it's not, like the deck is so big that you can't keep track of these cards like as you pro- play you progressively just kind of just like pick up on all these different strategies yeah and the game does a really good job of like if you never encounter the card being played and sometimes it happens with like the, the field will generate random cards that you get mm-hmm. it will highlight the card it will show you like hey this is a new card this is what the abilities are have a look so you're just n- you're not confused on like what it is yeah, you mentioned like the the mind games to keep a track of stuff. I mean, there's literally a location that says on turn six, you'll switch hands. And so I'm playing, I'm playing. And then at the end of turn five, before I switch hands, I look at what I have. I look at what's out on the board. We switch hands and I go, okay, if I do this, they can't win because I know what they have in their hand to play. And so I, I, I really, really enjoy Marvel Snap. One of the things I'm excited for is that in the near future on their roadmap is uh, battle, uh, friends with, or Battles with Friends, which is going to allow you to actually play against friends. But it's going to be, uh, it's going to be more of a like best out of three situation. Ooh. And so, yeah, something can, like that. Can you that. bring so, multiple decks in? I don't know. I don't know all the details yet. But... It is going to be a situation where it's not just, it's not going to be as quick as what you're seeing there. Um, I also wonder how it's going to impact your your gains and your collection score, right? And how they're going to avoid people kind of just like gaming the system. Um, um, question for you, because you said you yes, were sir. playing on Steam earlier. Yes. Um, did it just carry over with your login? Yes. Okay, all, so all my stuff is there. If I can find my Android phone, I can get that Hulk variant because the Iron Man one on iOS, garbage. Uh, I hate that. I hate the artwork on that one. Yeah, um, yeah um, I was tempted to download it on my wife's phone on her iPhone just so I can get the variant real quick, just to have it and say I have it. Um, but we'll see if I actually go that far. All right, let's. Uh, I think that wraps up everything we've been playing. Let's go ahead and get into the news. Um, ton of news this week. Let's just go ahead and get right into it. All right, first things first. Elden Ring gets massive combat overhaul as it makes way for DLC. Now, I think that this headline, I saw this headline when it first released as a headline on Kotaku. It, they, it was this past Friday. And as soon as I saw this headline, I was like, what? And hopped right into it. it. The overhaul is that damage scaling changes and spell and different ability stuff changes depending on if you're playing PvE or PvP, right? Yes. And it's really just about, it's, I mean, it's genius. It's really just a balancing thing to balance out PvP so some things aren't overpowered. I mean, I think we've known for a while or just suspected for a while that the... Um, next DLC that's going to be coming is going to be a PvP focused mode. Yeah. 
or at least it will have a PvP focus mode. I don't know who knows if it'll have more I, story. Content. I think in Dark Souls three they had an arena in right. one of the DLCs right. for people and, to go and do like yes, and the, PvP Coliseum mode. There's yeah. already arena like buildings in Elden Ring that are were inaccessible to us, right? And so, um, and it's very early on. It's like right when you get past that that first area. There's one off to the side, a lot right next to the broken bridge, but. Uh, so yeah, so the the like I said, I think the headline is a little bit misleading because it makes it seem like it, they've changed the whole game, right? And that's not the case. Broken well, builds for PVE are still going to be broken builds for PVE, and yeah. you can go for it. But but I, I think like they they did change, they did uh, buff and nerf some weapons and spells, right? Uh, yeah, as, but that's part of it. Yes. But uh, yeah, but I th- I, th- I do think like splitting, like, creating two categories for PVE PVP is pretty major because I don't think they've done this before for any of the Dark Souls or Bloodborne uh, games, so uh, I think that's interesting. But I think uh, what what speaks more to me are the new maps files that are found, uh, referred as to M20 and M45. Uh, so M20 has the same numbering as Legacy Dungeons, and M45 is just brand new. They're not sure um, what that is. And then there's also something about dynamic loading casting i guess that's for spells mm-hmm. so really curious on how all that works out and the uh, cuts <laughs> james did you play any elder ring no so i just <clears throat> like i i played some dark souls games and i played bloodborne a little bit but like i'm just not a fan of those types of games that's fair i i uh I think I haven't been a fan of them in the past. It wasn't until I actually gave Bloodborne another shot and got through mm-hmm. that that I really like kind of fell in love with the yep. genre. But Elden Ring, in my opinion, is just a, a whole nother level. I think they do it better. It's the best they've ever done as far mm-hmm. as like getting new players into it and kind of making it so that uh, it's not incredibly punishing, right? If you take the time, explore. Like there are things you could do besides getting your butt kicked. Yeah. And, and I- I think the community has also like come together and then like, hey, mm-hmm. if you just if you don't want to get your ass kicked and you kind of just want to power your way through, take this line, go get like these runes and items, and you'll be powerful for the beginning of the game, uh, and uh, have an easier time at least uh, instead of banging your yeah. head against the wall. It's so, kind of funny. So like with with Dark Souls and Bloodborne, all those games, it's like I just kept getting you know defeated, and I'm like, you know what? I it, it I was just getting frustrated. But at the same time, like I 100%ed Cuphead and the DLC, so I'm like, I I enjoy difficult games. But yeah. There's just something about the combat in that, and just like I, it just didn't click with me for some reason. Yeah, I I do think that there has to be an an aha moment in those games, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, and uh, so no, I well, totally I totally yeah, understand that. I, I I get it. Like I I started Bloodborne four times over like five years, and it just mm-hmm. never clicked until it finally did. Mm-hmm. And when it did, it it changed how I looked at that entire franchise. Well, you know what? If Elden Ring in video game form doesn't do it for you, James, maybe the board game version will, as the Elden Ring board <laughs> game nice finally reveals its Kickstarter launch date. Uh, so we talked about this, maybe not last week, a couple of weeks ago, about it had to be in September, uh, that there was an Elden Ring board game coming. Obviously, those who have been watching the podcast and have been listening for a while know that I have a massive board game collection and I'm going to start doing some board game content on this channel and on my own channel. Uh, I cannot wait for this Kickstarter. 
I talked about this before. My one concern is that Steamforge has in the past taken other properties, most notably the Resident Evil property. They've also done uh, Dark Souls and they've released board games. And they tend to be good adaptations. Not not great in the past. And actually, I'm kind of disappointed about my Resident Evil 2 because it seems like some of the quality control wasn't there where like the tiles in the book are not printed the same way on the actual physical board, which makes setting up the game a little bit difficult. Now, it does say in the book that the, it doesn't matter necessarily, right? Still, it's kind of frustrating. Anyway, uh, I do have high hopes considering just how big of a property Elden Ring is. And so they announced that the launch date for the campaign, for the Kickstarter campaign, will be November 22nd. Thinking about Resident Evil, if it ends at the end of December and giving it a month-long campaign, we will probably get those in our hands sometime in the summer. And so... Have they said the price yet on this? They, they have not. Uh, they already have 19,000 people signed up for the Notify Me portion of the campaign. And their uh, highest earning campaign so far had... 31,000 backers. So this is set to kind of destroy um, any of their previous records. I feel like if you want to get in like on that, it's $100 cheaper, you're going to need to get in and fast the, and early. Yes, like the moment it launches. Yeah. Uh, my, what, what, did, what did you say again? November 22nd. Okay, so we got yep. some time. Yep. Uh, I can tell you right now, I will be backing this. Um, I, I, I'm going back and forth on this just because like I got the Dark Souls one, I got the Bloodborne one, and I gifted Bloodborne the entire Bloodborne collection I got to Ali because I was like, listen, I've got a kid. I don't know when I'm going to be able to play this or the time and space to do this anytime soon. But I think with Elden Ring, it's just like I want to do the one where it gets me everything, like all those expansions. I, like, I don't know if people saw like the social media post for Bloodborne when it arrived. It was like 30 boxes. I, I, I want 30 boxes. <laughs> I, want, I, I want all those figures, and then I want to sit there and think about painting them. Yeah. Let me tell you, it is a great feeling when that happens. It's I, a terrible feeling a month before that, uh, month before that happens or... or however many months before that happens when he has to close out your your pledge and they show you how much shipping is for those 30 boxes oh yeah <laughs> no. um all right let's move on to the next bit of news modern warfare 2's phone number requirement isn't the same as overwatch 2's so we talked about this last week about the the cell phone requirement and and actually how they have since dropped that requirement mm-hmm. um it looks like that Activision anti-cheat team has pointed out that the new SMS policy for Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2.0 is the same as the verification requirement implemented with the first Warzone on PC back in 2020. So for those playing Modern Warfare 2 on Steam, a mobile phone number must also be linked to the player's Steam account. Um, So it's basically what's already been implemented is is what they're going to be going with forward. Uh, which doesn't seem to have the, some of the same issues that SMS Protect did. Um, I mean, we were talking about this before, Bilal, but James, do you have any interest in, in Modern Warfare 2? Are you are you done with Call of Duties? I have a doubt, yeah. I mean, it like Call of Duty is another one where like my time is unlimited. It just falls off. It's just one of the games that just kind of fell off. Like if yeah. friends bring it up and say, hey, let's play it, I'll hop into a game, but it's not something that I'm like, you know, diehard into. Yeah, I was talking to Bilal about this before the pre-show. It's one of those things where 
because they lately they've been very hit or miss. I feel like every year it's like speaking from a campaign or multi perspective, it's it's been hit or miss. And the past couple have been miss. That uh, I I liked the first new Modern Warfare that came out. Normally, I would go ahead and bite the bullet on this one and take the chance, but we're so close to the potential of uh, an acquisition and these games just ending up on Game Pass that it just feels like me being on the fence. It doesn't make sense for me to... to you did hear you know, about that. There, is that in the news story later about the Game Pass and Call of Duty? Do you have that in news stories? Uh, about PlayStation so, blocking? Yeah, PlayStation blocking it. So it won't be on Game Pass for at least few years after so it, it'll be a while. um i know i i think for me it's i like these games for the campaigns but i haven't played the last couples but you know this one they actually seems like they are doing something like they, they put the resources in like the footage they have shown so far of it it looks fantastic and they've already i think there was a bloomberg uh broke the story of like Next year, there's no new Call of Duty. There's going to be a campaign extension, like more levels. And I'm like, now you're speaking my language. But do I want to pay $70 for a campaign or do I want to wait for it to come on sale, wait for reviews and then see like how long it actually is and it w will it work for me? But um, I think the one cool thing they are doing with the campaign is creating unlocks uh, yeah. in terms of cosmetics. For playing yeah. it, <laughs> yeah. So this has always been a thing with Call of Duty, right? Is that every year, not not this incentive, but every year the stats come out and the number of people who play Call of Duty, the percentage of them who actually complete the campaign, is minuscule, right? It's it's negligible. And so what they're doing now is they are now giving rewards for actually completing the game, and if you've pre-ordered it they have early access and early launch for the campaign itself. So you kind of get these out of the way before the multiplayer comes. Uh, the rewards are a calling card, an emblem, a 30 minute double XP token, a 30 minute double weapon XP, another calling card, a base operator, 30 minute double XP, 30 minute double X weapon XP, another calling card, another base operator, and then some hour long more calling cards, more base operators. Uh, and you'll get them as you progress through the campaign. I mean, you Obviously, gotta feel bad for the team that works in the campaigns, right? They put all this time and all this resources to making a story, and nobody experiences it. <laughs> yeah, and, and and not for nothing, but most of the time, in my opinion, the campaigns are oftentimes the best part uh, of mm -hmm. these games, and part of the reason I, I still play them is because they do kind of give you the spectacle that you don't get many other places in games anymore. Um, it used to be commonplace, but now not as much in my opinion like there is a high level of polish to these games as well this is very much like a 200 million dollar uh or ha you know what this is the call of duty campaigns are the equivalent of like a marvel movie although not as good but like they are high quality bombastic popcorn events and so um yeah, it is a shame that Fast and people Furious movies. Don't play. Yeah, all right, fine. That's that's a better. Honestly, because those are also very hit or miss, so that is a very right, apt right. Uh, comparison. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, this is cool. Again, I I I am most curious to see if this actually impacts completion percentage, right? If they come back and say, yeah, this incentive works, and we had our highest campaign completion ever, you know, 
Um, I did see that like some big streamers like Tim the Tapman are uh, going to be playing the game and the campaign early before launch. Um, I although think he, you, I think he if you pre-ordered it, caught partner, but yeah, no, if you pre-order it, I think you could preload the campaign today mm-hmm. and then start playing the campaign tomorrow. Um, okay. Yeah, so the campaign has like an early thing if you pre-order. Um, but like you know, like I liked it when Halo Infinite did it. Like if you got those drop pods, you can unlock armor in uh, multiplayer. Yeah. Um, and then you know if you then if you beat that game, you also got that special unlock awaiting two years for network co-op for the campaign. <laughs> um, next bit of news. <laughs> Nvidia shelves cheaper RTX 4080, admitting its name was confusing. This is, okay. So I will admit that when they announced two 4080 cards and the 4090, the 12 gig 4080 and the 16 gig 4080, and this, not, not just the 16 gig 4080 having more memory, but also just being like significantly better across the board. I thought this was the dumbest thing ever and was so, com- not confused about the different models confused as to why they would do that so i don't think that like the naming was confusing i think the the thinking behind the naming is the confusing thing i you know i think somebody meant to hit seven and they were they hit eight and they just doubled down like no we're doing two 4080s we're not doing a 4070 um they're they're in this like weird downward spiral like i've never seen a company whose own pr has just just like tanked so quickly um like with the price with the price of these cards with how ridiculously big the power pull on them and just like how they're even just like kind of everything with evga uh backing out and not even like doing graphics cards anymore it just it it really kind of like taints the nvidia name for me um it's also i don't know i think it's kind of wild have uh, uh have either of you two seen the unboxings of the 4090s they're nope. absolutely ridiculous. They're they're massive. They're like the graph. They're car- graphics cards that are the size of like an Xbox Series S. Yeah, I it, saw it photos just, of that. Yeah, it's just like I've already got a graphics card holder holding up my thirty seventy Ti. You know, and so I can't imagine the like GPU sag on these things. Um, it's. It's absolutely insane. That's wild. And that's on the FE versions, right? Which tend to be significantly smaller than third party versions. Yeah. So I don't know. I, no, I think I this I, I think this picture. I think yeah. I, I think one, like the jump in power and DLSS three or whatever looks awesome. But I also think that these already the pricing is is kind of nuts, uh, especially in the current economy. And I I just I think you're going to see especially with the crash of like cryptocurrency and stuff like that lately, I think you're going to see the prices on these cards plummet much sooner than they have in the past. Um, Especially considering that like, I I mean, I'm not kidding. I could not put a 4090 in my current case. So I would, I would. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know what case you could like. Yeah. Here, here's the 4090 next to a series S and it's bigger. Yeah. Next was a two liter bottle of Pepsi max is slightly bigger a banana it's no, it make up 60 percent of it no it's 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 wild uh they have it and it's like this <laughs> the same height if not a little bit taller that than an xbox series x which is wild no that that's the mini fridge 
Oh, that's the mini fridge. Oh, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> that's even worse in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it is. And, and at a certain point, like, what are you doing that requires so much power? Um, like, I understand you won't pay 4K, but you could do 4K with the 30,000 30, series cards just fine. Yeah, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like you said, I, I think this whole launch is, is kind of ridiculous, and it seems like they've kind of lost uh touch with reality i mean obviously during the the pandemic in the past couple of years with this component supply shortage the rise of crypto and stuff like that like we saw gpu prices skyrocket you know and obviously nvidia wasn't getting a piece of that secondhand market and so i, I part of me just wonders if they saw that and just did not realize that that was a flash in the pan and not something that was going to be uh, tenable for the foreseeable future. And so, I don't know, man. It's it's wild. Yeah. All right. Let's keep it moving. Earlier today, Konami had a stream that showed off the uh, what we can expect from the Silent Hill franchise going forward. Uh, rumored previously was that a remake of Silent Hill 2 was coming. It is indeed coming, and is coming from Layers of Fear developer Bloober Team. I actually like Bloober Team. I, yeah, I think that when it comes to uh atmosphere and tension i think they do a really solid job i i, I dabbled a little bit in the layers of fear but i played all of the blair witch game i also played all of the medium um i i think those games have their problems but i don't think that atmosphere is one of them and i think if you're doing a remake of a game that's already established that already has kind of uh you know that's you're just you're taking a formula that's already there and just making it better uh, and making it newer and updating and modernizing it. I think Bluebird team is is absolutely um, ready to handle something like that. Yeah. So some uh, some key points to mention about this. Um, new musical style and sound design, over-the-shoulder yep. camera, and modernized yep. gameplay. 12-month exclusive to PS5. Right. Day one on yep. PC, uh, at least. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to say, is that it is guys, a, a guys, time exclusive. Guys, I thought exclusive. PlayStation said exclusives were bad. For I, I, I mean... I, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I know. He pulled me out of the rock and up onto the soapbox. So no. I had to say it. <laughs> I mean, listen, we, we've... This whole acquisition news that's come out and, and just the comments, honestly, from both sides are, are kind of ridiculous. It always reminds oh, me... Agree. It reminds me of... I interned for a real estate attorney one time, and he was actually the attorney for one of the counties in New Jersey. Um, and when they had to do tax assessments and people would appeal he would be there representing the county. And so you would have these people coming in and basically saying, no, I live in, 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 in a dump. My house is terrible. My property is not worth anything. And that's what these like multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies are coming in here and saying, is like, no, 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 we're the little guy in all this. Like, right. they're, they're the bullies. We, we can't compete. Uh, we, we're number one in the market, but it's because, you know, it's just like, all right, give me a break. Oh. Um, Sorry, back to Silent Hill. Yes, Silent Hill <laughs> F, Konami's first main the main series game in a decade, uh, will be coming, and that will be developed in Taiwan. There is not a lot of uh, news coming out, except that it's a completely new story set in 1960s Japan, featuring a beautiful yet horrifying world. Um, I mean, you can literally set anything in Japan, and gamers will buy it, regardless of how that game does. 100% true. Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> I like Ghostwire Tokyo. Stop it. Stop it. I like Ghostwire Tokyo. You also like Bloober Team. 
Okay, next bit of news. Wow, you are mean. Uh, Silent Hill is getting a new movie to reboot the franchise. Return to Silent Hill uh, even brings back the series' best director, according to Polygon. Uh, Those follow- movies are not good. They're not good at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I actually don't remember them at all. I think I watched like that very first one that came out. And found it kind of forgettable. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But so, I'm always down. <laughs> I'm always down. If it's good, huh. good. If it's so, bad, but it's so bad it's good, good. Because so, things like Netflix Watch Party and stuff like that have made those kind of movies absolutely perfect. Here, here are some uh, notes from Resetter on this. Uh, myth of Orpheus inspired the script. Can a man go deep into hell to bring back the soul of the person he loved the most? Uh, creature designs will be similar, but brought back differently there will also be new creature designs new audiences want to experience this collectively and we want to give what the modern audiences want Mm. so not sure what that exactly means but let's see all right the last bit of news that we're going to talk about as far as silent hill is concerned is silent hill townfall was announced it is coming from uh acclaimed developer no code and it is working konami is working in conjunction with annapurna interactive now, uh, No Code are the ones behind Stories Untold and Observation. There was a teaser trailer, um, doesn't reveal a whole lot. I think just knowing that Anna Perner Interactive is involved in this means that we are going to get something new. Uh, and I am all for established franchises kind of going outside of their genre and doing stuff that is, um, I mean, listen, that's atmospheric, right? Like, Listen, I would have been with you on Annapurna uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, but they also did 12 minutes. So if it turns right. out Pyramid Head is, all, is my sister and <laughs> yeah. my wife, uh, who's Fine. pregnant, <laughs> um, then, then uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, well, <sighs> speaking of 12 minutes and, and things that seemed like they were a good idea, but then turned out to not be, the revived G4. I thought I has, was mean. <laughs> the revived G4 is shutting down. Oh, uh, Comcast is shutting down G4 effective immediately. It's kind of a bummer because it's one of those situations where, like, they set out emails and stuff uh, over the weekend. People found out, I think, on Friday. Can I, can and, I tell you? Can I tell you, Race, uh, who we've had on yes, the podcast before, yes. is is doing contract gigs with them, and he found out through Wario 64's tweet. Yes, so I saw a couple other yeah. people who on on Twitter who said that they basically found out from Twitter and from social media, and so yeah, it's it's a bummer. I mean, listen, I I, I made I made the joke. Uh, I was excited for G four to come back. Uh, I think that the idea that it was going to come back on linear and, television and and be kind of the same channel again. Now, granted, way more representation this time around. Actually, one of the things I thought was really cool. I actually liked all the... I I didn't watch a ton of it. Most of the Mm -hmm. stuff I saw was like clips and segments that I watched online. And I I thought some of the talent they brought on board was was dope. And actually, the new voices that were brought on with some of the old voices. I mean, Adam Sessler is like, you know, on Mount Rushmore of gaming personalities as far as Mm -hmm. I'm concerned, right? And uh, But then bringing in like... uh, um, I, some of the new voices I, like like Danny and uh, oh my God, what's her name? It starts with F, right? F R. 
No, I'm thinking uh, of uh, her name's like Overly uh, Overly May. Yes, yes. Uh, it was Austin Loki. Creed, uh, it was yeah. Austin Creed. Yeah, who is yeah. who is Loki hilarious, and she uh, she also does a lot of like esports hosting as well. Yeah. Um, I think she actually works with one of the esports companies now, one of the teams. Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bummer. I, I think that if it had just come back as like an online kind of smaller budget thing on Twitch and YouTube, that maybe it, it could have found its legs a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that it had to be a little bit different than what it was, right? Yeah. Like it just, it came back and it felt very much like G4, which was good and bad. It just yeah. was one of those things where like, I never really got into it cause I was like, I've kind of seen this stuff and these sticks before. And so. Yeah. And, and so just, just to clarify one thing on first, I am, so Comcast Spectator CEO was the one that uh, sent out the email and Comcast owns G4, but they also own NBCU, which I'm an employee of, uh, just putting it out there. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, over at Peacock, we have a Peacock Games channel. Like I, I you know, I shared the news there uh, when I saw it, and everyone was kind of like, you know, like I loved Attack of the Show. I loved G Four back when it originally aired, but I never really went back to it. And like, who has time to catch linear TV nowadays? And mm -hmm. there, I, I feel like while there were clips on social that were shared, their social just wasn't as prominent as I would have liked it to be. There weren't those moments that they were able to capture and share. Uh, and, and that's kind of what you need. And if you're, and if you look at bringing back anything in terms of nostalgia, look at what Hollywood's been doing for years, what television's been doing, the things that work uh, for when you bring things back, it's like taking it and adapting it for the new times. Like you can have the callbacks to old, but you need, you need to modernize it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think G4 did that. Uh, I, I, and so I, I felt outdated out the gate where now you have thousands and maybe millions of people on YouTube competing that you're competing against. And if right. you can't stand out amongst that on television, uh, on socials, then you're never going to stand a chance. Right. Yeah. I mean, the landscape is just completely different because like, you know, I grew up watching tech TV, which became G4 and like X Plane. All that. Like I, I'm like the target audience for this, right? Like a guy in his mm -hmm. mid thirties, like that grew up on that. Like, I, and I, it just didn't click with me. Like, it, like I agree, there's just too many other options out there mm -hmm. that when I had something to watch, I'd watch it elsewhere versus, you know, G4. I, I, I again, Adam Sessler would still watch his reviews and his rants and those kinds of things, enjoyed that mm -hmm. stuff. But most of the other stuff I just didn't, I didn't pay mind to. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, next bit of news. Apex Legends adds a new hero, and it is a trans legend to the roster. Uh, Apex Legends lore minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here we go. So uh, they released the new stories from the Outlands called Last Hope. Of course, I watched it. It starts with our uh, new legend, Catalyst, sitting across from Rampart and basically telling the catching her up on on what happened in the past since I think they last saw each other. Um, basically the lore is that Catalyst's home planet of, uh, Boreas is, uh, the, the moon 
I'm trying to I'm trying to explain this. All right. So they're trying to protect the moon of their home planet. That obviously is like something's going on there, right? This big corporation is coming in and is basically threatening the stability of the planet itself. Think Final Fantasy VII and, you know, what's that company? Shenra, whatever. Um, And so Catalyst's friend, Margot, says that she has a plan to, to stop them. They sneak on to the facilities of Hammond Robotics. And it turns out that, surprise, surprise, Margo's essentially an eco-terrorist, has a bomb, and Catalyst is like, no, people get hurt, blah, blah, blah. While they're there, they allude to this black goo that is running through these pipes that's there. Uh, Catalyst tries to stop Margo. They get into a fight. They end up getting caught. Margo gets caught. But as Margo's walking away, she shows that she has a detonator. She blow-ups the thing. And now they show Catalyst talking to Rampart again, and they're back on their home planet, which also seems to tease out the fact that we are getting a new map on that planet. Um, the The big news to come out of this is that uh, this character is is trans. Um, they they don't they don't come out and just say it in the stories from the Outlands, but they are very heavy handed. It is very obvious. You'd have to be completely oblivious to not understand what they're getting at. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Apex Legends continues to be inclusive in the characters they they reveal. I mean, the original starting lineup of Apex Legends had um, their uh, Gibraltar's uh, homosexual, Bloodhound. Bloodhound's binary, non-binary, non-binary. Uh, Bangalore is a lesbian. Like, they've they've been doing this for a long time now. This is its first openly, as far as we know, trans character. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, I mean, it's one of those things where like, yes, it's a big deal. Representation is yes. a big deal. I'm not trans. I can't relate. The closest thing I can, I can kind of relate to is that like when I saw one of the early trailers for Spider-Man Miles Morales and he's walking through New York and there's that festival going on and their Puerto Rican flag is all over the place. And it kind of hit me and I realized that like I never saw that in a game before really, right? I never saw my culture, my representation out there and I kind of didn't even realize it until I actually saw it. And so representation doesn't matter. Representation is a big deal. Um, But I hope that as we go on, this kind of stuff becomes less of a story, right? Yeah. Um, it is very cool. I, I mean, all of our station is very cool. And, that, and, I'm, that and they, the story notes, like they work closely with glad, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I've, I've covered events for them in the past. Uh, they, they had, I think like every May they have like their, uh, award ceremony and I've worked with friends with covering the red carpet, uh, fantastic organization. Uh, so, and like, it, it, it's good to see companies reaching out and actually getting consultation and properly representing. Cause like there have been stories in the past where you just don't see that and the characters are handled poorly mm-hmm. or decisions around certain characters are handled poorly. And, uh, you know, it, it just falls into like repetitive tropes. And so, um, it, it's good to see a nice positive one. But like, as you said, um, I think as 
if you even going back like the last five years, we've come a far a long way, and eventually these stories will less become less of stories and more just how it is. Yeah, the norm. Yeah. All right. From reaching out to reaching into your pocket, new Mortal Kombat game is an RPG for phones. Definitely sounds like a gotcha game being described as a new collection of role-playing game. NetherRealm Studios will be saying, get over here to your wallet. I hate myself. I- <laughs> 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 That's like, oh my God. I thought, I honestly <laughs> thought you were reading from the article and he's I not. Too. <laughs> I did too. I did too. This is, uh, yeah. So they announced a spinoff called Mortal Kombat Onslaught which they are describing as a new collection of role-playing game uh, that's bound for mobile devices in 2023. Mortal Kombat Onslaught will let players build a team of fighters and battle in massive real-time group battles. I I mean, yeah, okay, fine. You know, it's one of those things where, like, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to tell you, like, this is another one of these gotcha game cash grabs. And uh, w- without anything more than this i can only imagine the grind that's involved um but also i am currently playing disney mirrorverse every single day (laughs) and that is a uh grindy kind of gotcha cash grab and so yeah all right whatever man uh there is something for everybody and i'm sure this will appeal to some people and who knows i mean the one thing about disney mirrorverse is that it's actually fun to play i think it feels good to play and it is a little bit more active than these games techn- normally are. And so, uh, I mean, this if it's good, it's good. We'll see. Um, next bit of news, The Sims 5 is in early development, has cool new build mode, according to this article from Polygon. And the next Sims game is being developed under the codename Project Renee. On Tuesday, the Sims developer Maxis unveiled a very early look at Project Renee, the codename for the game that will eventually become The Sims 5. Uh, the vice president of franchise creative for The Sims, Lindsay Pearson, shared high-level plans for upcoming Sims content, officially announced the project, which is going to be the next mainline Sims game, and will allow for solo or collaborative play and cross-play across various devices. Um, Focus on technical systems like building customization. And it's also going to make the building phase of the game significantly more social, with the buy and build phase becoming a multiplayer feature for those interested in sharing their builds. Now... As somebody who used to play the, the Sims growing up, right? It's actually probably the first like PC game I ever dabbled in. Um, just messed around, never was like, you know, put significant amount of time into it. But who is currently back to playing Grounded and stuff like that, like this seems like the perfect next step for the Sims, right? Is kind of making the building out of the world and having these shared worlds more social and, and more of a multiplayer feature. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that that is kind of a, an issue right now, I think, with, with The Sims, because, um, like, my wife and I play it on my, you know, got on my Xbox right now, like, I'll play it, and then she'll play in her name, but, like, we're totally separate, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if we're in the same town, we're totally separate. So it'd be nice to have that all combined like that. Yeah, no. Um, it just seems like a logical next evolution in that franchise. All right, Bilal, you want to take this next story for us? Feels yeah. like... You'll have more enthusiasm, even though I am excited for this, weirdly enough. But so I, w- I was very pumped for this because the season content uh, wrapped up in Destiny 2's Season of the Plunder until they do the finale. And so the next big event happening was their Halloween event, uh, which I was so ready to play yesterday. 
if it wasn't for Marvel Snap. But uh, <laughs> this year's theme, uh, Halloween theme, is Gundam-style armor. Uh, so there's a free event pass, uh, by the sounds of things, uh, that you can uh, play through. You're going through Lost Sectors and um, destroying nightmares. Um, they added, like, Ghosts and Ghouls. It's themed. It's uh, If you played uh, previous... Um, what are what, what do they call this event? Um, God, it, it's not here. Um, Festival of the Lost is what they call it. And so, if you played uh, the ones from the last couple of years, you'll know that it's it just you're just going into lost sectors and killing enemies. And it's kind of kind of grindy, but there's cool things like um, Gundam armor for your uh, characters. And like, I'm really happy that the Titan one looks awesome. Uh, the Titan one like, looks awesome. Yeah. And so they have like poses and uh, uh, other items uh, as well that go along with it. I think there's a new um, triumph that is part of the event. So, you know, if you're looking to, um, you know, possibly raid in Gundam Armor in the future, jump in as the event runs from October 18th to November 8th. So uh, someone needs to take my phone away from me so I can actually do this. (laughs) All right, moving on. Netflix might get into cloud gaming, which I mentioned earlier, forms another new game studio. So studio will be headed by former Overwatch executive producer, Chaco Sunny. Um, Let's see. According to TechCrunch, Netflix's Mike Verdu said on Tuesday at the TechCrunch Disrupt 2022 conference that the company is seriously exploring a cloud gaming offering. They also announced that they would be opening up a new gaming studio, which is the fifth studio to be owned by Netflix to date. Uh, and they, they, he said exactly what I was talking about earlier, and he was quoted as saying, we're not asking you to subscribe as a console replacement. It's a completely different business model. The hope is, over time, that it just becomes this very natural way to play games wherever you are. Again, if they intend to just make it a value-add proposition, that is the way to get in the door. And I think... Th- the smartest thing about this and about companies doing it as a value add is if we get to the point where this does become the future and it does become a console replacement, history has shown us that the first ones to get their foot in and to establish a foothold and just show and prove them, prove that, yes, look, we can do this. We've been doing this. They're the ones that have a head start, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the only reason why Microsoft got into this. It's why Sony bought... Um, what were they called Bungie? before Sony? No. Oh, no. Um, the actual cloud streaming. On Live? Was it On, on live, live they bought? Or, or was it the other yeah. one? Yeah. On Live, yeah. 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 And so uh, so it's interesting to see more companies kind of to dabble in this and how they approach it, right? I think, like I said, that the best way... Uh, oh, actually, he himself stated that, in reference to Stadia, that Stadia was a technical success. It was fun to play games on Stadia, but it had some issues with the business model, sure. And that is exactly the problem. And so I, I like what I'm hearing. Obviously, if it's a value mm-hmm. add, I have Netflix. I don't know how much I'll actually use their cloud gaming service. I guess it depends on how well it's implemented and how it feels to play and what games are on there. But as somebody who already has a subscription, there's no reason for me not to try it out, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, like I, here, here's some background from the streaming space. Like mm-hmm. net, Netflix is baked into everything. Mm-hmm. And say, if they can get console titles available on that service and the door is there already. They don't need to make any additional deals. They don't need to build too much more tech to get this over. Uh, maybe add controller support to the app. Um, yeah, this will probably be like a year out before we see uh, much of anything, but like 
they could be a serious Game Pass competitor out the door. Uh, I think better than Luna, uh, better than um, GeForce Now uh, with with what they could offer. And they've had, they had the money to spend as well of, to like mm-hmm. make these deals. There's also I the idea. Also, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, was, I do wonder though if they're going to set the pine tiers, right? So like they got the 4K tier, the 1080 tier, and they have the mm-hmm. add tier. It'll probably be the most expensive tier. Will probably come with it. I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah I, or or they might just gate the resolution at which you can stream the game, similar to what some other companies have done. Now, yeah. not for nothing, but Microsoft does gate it behind Xbox Live or Xbox game pass ultimate right mm-hmm. is the cloud right. streaming so it wouldn't be unprecedented for them to gate it behind say the 4k tier um mm-hmm. i think it's more likely that the 4k tier comes with like 1080p streaming and maybe the lower tiers come with 720p um yeah. but it will be interesting to see what i was going to say is they could potentially actually fulfill the promise that stadia had where stadia was like oh you'll be watching a, a youtube streamer and there'll be a, a link on the game they're playing you could just click on it and get right into the game well here you could be watching cyberpunk edge runners which is a fantastic series and then at the end of every episode there's a little like link that you can click on that would then boot into cyberpunk 2077 right like yeah how many I, yeah okay <laughs> all right so I got you my are stadia. yeah I got my stadia. yeah you know how many times i've used this uh okay so are we just gonna are we all just gonna hold up exactly or is there is this that we're gonna do this again two weeks in a row that's right. yeah the, <laughs> last the, week, that's hilarious yeah yeah um all, I, all, we're all suckers all stale, what, yeah, what, what still still in still in plastic still in plastic Cl- See, I, uh, I got mine for free though because i got mine for free years, as well because of game awards going to the game awards is that why you uh, got yours I don't know what, what promotion it was that I got yeah. mine for free. I think, actually, I think it was something like I bought some Google product, whether it be like, because I, I, it's all like net, my Nest thermostat, my Google Wi-Fi, like it's yeah. all, or Nest Wi-Fi now. See, it's all, that's the ecosystem I'm using here. So it's one Google of those. We have all the Google stuff through our house too. Yeah. We have all the Google speakers and everything set yeah. up here. See, you, you, guys are, you guys are fools because like I spent money on mine. <laughs> I'm getting my money <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you and are. I, you are getting and, my money. And I have a collector's item that, is completely useless unless you want to Chromecast yeah. Ultra. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I, I will say, though, with Stadia, between at least when it launched, between Stadia and Game Pass, I think Stadia had, like, it felt better to play. Like, no, 100%. No, I, I, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, 100%. Now, Game Pass yeah. has gotten better, but yes. Stadia actually had better, like, connection. And I think even now it's still better, in my opinion, yeah. uh, than what Microsoft offers. All right. Speaking of Microsoft... You can now customize Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers and the Design Lab program. Microsoft said it's been players' number one fan request uh, for the program. The Microsoft starting price for a customized Elite Series 2 controller is $149.99, which is slightly more than the base $129.99 for an unmodified unit, and goes out with different add-ons. Now, Bilal and I, we were talking about this before. James, do you have an Elite controller? No, but I, I have ordered a uh, controller from the, the custom lab, though. Okay, yeah. So I've ordered a, cu- a couple, you know, like uh, one for myself and then a couple as gifts for people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. I, I, it is taking a lot of self-restraint for me to not go on here and start customizing a controller, especially considering that I already have the extra thumbsticks because I have one of these and I have the back paddles and all that stuff and just like just having this as like a display <laughs> not even like i don't even know if i would play it um 
But this, I've been asked, I am one of those people who have been asking for this for the longest time since the design lab program first came about and elite controllers were a thing. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm I, you I'm, can customize a lot. I yes. just wish they allowed you to change the color of the grip. Oh yeah. So that is the one thing that they are not. My guess is that it's because the, the, it's just easier for them to get and cheaper for them to just get the grip. Like all those other components are probably cheaper and easier to make in the different colors and yeah. don't actually like affect the quality of it. I do wonder if getting different colors for the grips would actually change the quality of the grips themselves. Um, yeah, no, this is dope. I can't keep watching you do this because now it makes me want to go and mess around. If I mess around, this is I'm gonna, the I'm gonna find out. This is the work print controller. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, also quick, the, quickly thrown together. Also, the New York Yankees uh, controller, or I guess more like the Royals. All right, next bit of news: sticking with Microsoft, coming soon to Xbox Game Pass. My uh, favorite story every other week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, already available is a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, coming soon on October 20th is Amnesia Collection, Amnesia Rebirth. Uh, have you guys played those games? Abyss. I have not. I own them, but uh, I'm, I've <laughs> kind of like, kind of played them, but I haven't finished them. Uh, Soma, and then coming on the 21st, which is this Friday, is Persona 5 Royal, which means that I will be starting this game again for the third so time, hoping to actually get through it and play it. So here's the thing with this version. It comes with all the uh, the DLC. So if mm -hmm. you're like, if you don't care about the combat or just kind of want to breeze through it, you can uh, just in your room, there's like a little box you go through and it'll give you all the DLC, all the costumes and like high powered broken personas <laughs> that you can use to just like tear through the beginning of that game. Oh uh, yeah, I'm maybe doing through the end game. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm doing and so, that. And so, so I'm doing that as well because I've already played five and I just yeah. want to experience the story in Royal. Yes. So uh, if if you're looking for just like a fun easy way to breeze through this, that, there you go. So um, so it also has cross save between Xbox and PC, um, which I'm really excited about. So here's the thing, thing I will say about Persona Five and the Persona franchise in general is that I do enjoy the combat as, as someone who normally typically doesn't enjoy turn based RPGs necessarily. Um, but that's not why I enjoy it. That's not why I'm there. I'm there for everything else in that game. And so the idea that I can like put this on easy and get game breaking personas and kind of just run through the dungeons and not grind. I just don't want to grind. Yeah. Really is what it comes down to. And so that, oh, they, they, I, that I think they awesome. also give you like a million bucks right out the gate as well. So like right. that's um, awesome. Money, money's not an issue. So uh, yeah, it, 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 it's a big part of it. Like, did you play five at all? Or it was just like beginning of five. You didn't touch I, Royal, right? I didn't touch Royal, no. I, I played okay. through the first two dungeons in five, I think. Okay. You'll notice when you play, if you remember uh, five at all, when you play Royal, like the dungeons have changed, like especially uh, I, I did the first one. They've yeah. changed. They've added new mechanics. The guns are actually useful. Like, because okay. uh, like you ran out of ammo and you're like, now what? These guns are useless, but you have ammo every uh, battle now. So okay. it's, awesome. uh, it, it's really neat. Awesome. James, I know we, we you mentioned that like, just too many hours uh, ahead. Right. Do you think there's any chance you download it and give it a shot considering oh, it is there on Game Pass? I'm totally going to download it. I'll probably download yeah. it, put a few hours into it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, it'll probably end up in my backlog with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I know I'm going to try it because I mean, I've heard great things about it for a long, long time. 
I'm gonna right. force everyone to do a Persona Five Royal book club. <laughs> uh, coming to uh, on October 27th is another three games. Frog Detective: The Entire Mystery is coming to uh, Game Pass PC. Uh, Signalis is coming to cloud console and PC. And then the one I am most excited for, besides Persona Five Royal, is Gunfire Reborn. Have either of you played Gunfire Reborn? Why does this sound familiar? I, I've okay. watched trailers for it, but I'm so. This released into early, it might still technically be early access, access on Steam and on PC. This is a first person uh, action roguelike RPG. So it kind of honestly, it is very much like, it is a roguelike in the sense that you're going through these, uh, as far as I can tell, the enemies are procedurally generated levels, although the level layouts might be the same. It has an aesthetic that reminds me a little bit of it's a cell shaded so it's very similar to like a borderlands although i think their color schemes tend to skew a little bit darker uh, as opposed to the the lighter almost pastel version uh, that you see in uh borderlands and uh it's a role in the sense that like yeah you go through and every time you 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 complete a run you then get a currency that levels up your character and you get stronger then you're able to play it on higher difficulty levels and, and kind of just that loop over and over again um this is on uh, mobile as well uh i don't know if it's on mobile as well i played it on pc on steam and so and then the moment i found out that it was coming to xbox game pass i stopped uh playing because this is a game that i can definitely convince some of the buddies to download and play on on console who normally wouldn't sit down and play on pc especially oh, with it coming to game pass yes it is i'm telling you we should we should stream some of this the day it comes out i know we say that about a lot of games but this one I, i'm 100 percent down to to do and run um if you guys are interested at all anything in the dlcs yeah so uh perks yeah, so uh, No Man's Sky Waypoint update is uh, available now. See if these, the Herald of the Flame, is available now. Let's see what is actually perks. Uh, there's an expansion pack for Sims Four. Seventy six twenty fifth anniversary bundle. Yep, Secret Neighbor Sportswear bundle. Speaking of Secret Neighbor, so I recently played some, I didn't mention it during what I've been playing because I only played a couple matches, but I tried out Evil, which is on Game Pass now, which is another one of those like social deduction uh, Among Us type type games and actually found myself having a little bit of fun. So that's something that we should probably try out too. It's a little bit janky though, so I don't know quite if we, we should stream it yet. But uh, Slime Rancher 2 and Persona 5 Royal both get touch controls? Yeah. Ooh, that is that is that's, so that's dangerous <laughs> and, and honestly for persona 5 royal like touch controls will absolutely work in that game yeah. and so uh yeah i'm excited to give that a shot so leaving on october 31st is alan wake american nightmare backbone bass fishing 2022 uh non-guns doppelganger edition project women second extension sniper lee 4 the forgotten city of all those games, The Forgotten City is an absolute must-play, in my opinion. Everybody should give that a shot and, and go through it. It honestly takes like, what is it, like three and a half hours to beat? You beat it, right, Below. I never even turned it on. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> I, it's, it only takes like three and a half, four hours to, to play and complete. James, did you play it? I did, yeah. I, I did oh, Okay. That. All right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I, I think that uh, you should give it a shot. Is that one of those ones that we talked about for Game of the Year that you hadn't played? I guess it is, right? I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, sticking with Microsoft. This one is, uh, I don't know how I feel about this. So Microsoft is building an Xbox mobile store to directly offer games on mobile devices challenging Apple and Google. 
The software giant first handed at a next generation store it would build for games earlier this year, but has now quietly revealed details of the plan in filings with the UK's Competition and Markets Authority. Um, this is part of the whole, as we talked about earlier, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. This is where this news came out. And it's part of the reason why they are going after this acquisition because not only would they have uh, Activision and Call of Duty Mobile, but they would also get King and all the mm -hmm. mobile games that come from them. Um, now, here's the thing that this is very possible because of the way that Android works for them to actually do something and put it out on Android devices. They still are going to hit a roadblock when it comes to iOS devices. And did in, the court ruling go in Epic's favor on that in terms of like allowing other app stores? I, I still don't think that they can straight up allow third-party apps or are forced to allow third-party app stores on iOS. Um, I don't know. I would have to look into that again but here's my problem is microsoft has t attempted many times to flesh out a mobile space for themselves and mobile gaming right and they have been unsuccessful time and time again and i just now part of me is like hey if there's another place I can get Game Pass games on, right? Like, you know, we already get cloud streaming and, and, and streaming through mobile on there. But if I can get local, locally downloaded games, mobile games uh, through their store, through Game Pass, like I am all for it. I just, while I tend to have faith in them generally in, in the gaming space, I just don't have that much base, uh, that much faith as, as far as like the mobile gaming space is concerned. Now, the idea that they are going to have if this acquisition goes through things like call of duty mobile all the king games i think that changes it a bit but i do think without that acquisition this is a, a, a doa and a, and a no-go so the ruling uh back in september of last year uh was that app, the app store must allow third-party payments right um, i think but i don't think it said anything about third-party app stores so like yeah uh so that Apple was can't restrict uh they can't restrict folks from ex linking externally but yeah this yeah can be tricky so that that was actually with that whole that that's with the whole snafu between apple and epic yep that's how it started right is that epic was allowing people players to trying to allow players to buy v bucks through epic to avoid apple so they didn't have to pay that cutout uh to apple yeah. And so, um, but as far as having a, 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 just a straight up third party store on there, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. It, imagine it was possible to just download like, let's say five gigs of a game and then you didn't run into latency and you could like stream the visuals. I mean, that, that would be, that would be the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Uh, all right. Next bit of news. All of us have PS5s, yes? Yes. Uh, wow. I do not, no. All right, well, since you don't, if you're look in the market, God of War Ragnarok <laughs> is getting a PS5 bundle. Uh, Sony posted a trailer on Thursday hyping 
the game on PS5 and announced that there is going to be a console bundle available on launch day as well. It's not even themed. It's which- not. And this isn't surprising. This is what they did with Horizon Forbidden West. Like, this is what they do. Here, I don't think we will see themed PS5s. Just be- they, they do have be- the, the faceplates. Because they have the faceplates and they can just sell you faceplates. So I think sell that's... Sell me a faceplate. So right, <laughs> right. I think, I think they're happy with just selling you the different colors right now. But, um, but yeah. Uh, this isn't surprising. Uh, they do this with all their, without me. Yeah, they do this with all their big releases. Uh, I've already got my PS5, so that's nothing for me. I do have my uh, collector's edition pre-ordered. I am excited for this game, but I do think that it's kind of like. I think it's boring that it's just a plain PS5 with a game included. That being said, I believe it is cheaper to get the bundle because then you basically get the game for free, so that's nice. Um, but yeah. What's not it's boring? It's hard enough to find a PS5 right now, anyway. Right, so I think the collector yeah. edition is another skew. It just be. So I will say things have gotten a little bit better. So Sony regular has their uh, Sony Direct Store, their places Direct Store mm-hmm. available, and they have uh, consoles there. And it used to be that they were gone before you even got through the queue, and now they've been staying on those bundles. Have been staying on there for a few hours to like half a day and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it is getting a little bit easier if you know what you're doing to to get your hands and, on. And a you can find them in stores as well. Uh, like yeah. My cousin called me the a uh, few weeks back, and he was like, "Hey, the Horizon bundles here. Should I get it?" I was like, "If you're interested in playing Horizon and other yeah. PS5 yeah. exclusives, so like hell yeah, like go ahead. Uh, if yeah. not, then why would you want one?" Yeah. Um, uh, I'll tell you what is exciting though is this PS5 DualSense Edge controller, which is launching early next year. I, we talked about this already. I love the idea of having a pro version of the DualSense controller because one of the things that third-party controllers like Scuff don't include is they don't have the haptic feedback that the DualSense does. So the idea that you can get a customizable controller that has hair triggers that also still has all the features that DualSense has is awesome. What's not awesome is the $200 price tag on this, especially considering where it seems like you are getting, there's less pro features about this thing compared to say the Xbox Elite controller, right? Um, And so it feels once again, like Sony pricing things because they believe they can get away with that price and it not actually being uh, because of the hardware itself, if that makes any sense. I'm, I like to think of things now when it comes to like controllers and such as like how much of a, Steam Deck is this, and this is half the price of a Steam Deck, and uh, just like it's a controller. Um, yeah. I think if it came in at one fifty, great. One seventy five, yeah. it's that like mm, I shouldn't, but I want to. Right. Uh, I know it's only twenty five dollars <laughs> more, uh, but it's it, it, it no, it's, it's right outside that comfort comfort zone. It's weird if this came in at the same price as an Elite Series Two, which was one eighty, one eighty, then yeah. like yeah, all right, sure. I'd probably give it a, a, a rock. Not that I need one because I do have a scuff. I do have, you know, a bunch of normal dual senses. 
Um, and, and, and like the, the other thing that I really want to know about this controller is like, how's the battery life compared to a regular DualSense? Because the DualSense is a controller that like, if I like, when, I know when God of War comes out, I will have two to three fully charged contr- controllers because mm-hmm. by the time I'm done with that game, all three of those controllers would have died. You know, um, you know what the answer is? The answer is it's the controller is probably um, the battery life is probably less. Uh, just because it has to make up some of the the features that are that are on here, like the saving of the profiles and stuff like that, like that stuff does take, and the programming, that stuff does take um, battery, but yeah. it does include, and it depends. It's going to depend on how long that braided cable is. I don't know if this article says exactly how long it is, but that USB cable. So here's the thing: I don't mind having a controller plugged in because of the way that I play games. Right? Mm-hmm. I am sitting not that far from the console and the TV. I don't mind having a controller plugged in. The, the cable they include in the with the with the with the consoles themselves is incredibly too short. So if this cable is uh, oh my god, that thing's like is long a three enough, foot cable. Yeah. yeah. If this is long enough, um, although this says that the the included cable is just for charging, that the unit is still wireless. I my guess is that that just means that that obviously it doesn't have to be wired, right? But if it's long enough and I can just keep it plugged in and play that way, then that, that's fine as well. All right. Now, our last story, we're going to switch over to Nintendo Land. And this has been weirdly... Oh, man, this is a interesting, roller coaster. Interesting drama. Yeah. <laughs> so, Bayonetta 3 is coming out at some point in the near future. And we had already known or there had already been hints and rumors that the voice actress, Helena Taylor, was not going to be reprising her role. And so she has come out and explained that developer Platinum Games' insulting pay rate kept her from voicing the character in Bayonetta 3. Uh, she posted a series of videos via Twitter on Saturday in which she detailed her reasons for sharing that role, claiming that Platinum Games gave her a final offer of $4,000 to voice the iconic role. Um, instead, Jennifer Hale will be, uh, voicing the role. Obviously she's, I think she's best known for being Mass Effect's, uh, Femme Shep, Commander Shepard. And she's also Overwatch's Ash. She's done a ton of voice work. And, um, she is taking over the role. Now, she came out and said that, again, that. Four thousand dollars is uh was going to be it was what she was offered, and she also described uh, declining mental health and suicidal ideation after declining the role. Now, Platinum Games uh, Kamiya appeared to respond to Taylor's allegation Saturday via Twitter that said, "Sad and deplorable about the attitude of untruth. That's what all I can tell now. By the way, beware of my rules." Um. His response was not like at, at this point, uh, like in this story, everyone is side, siding with Taylor on this. Like, how could you offer four thousand for such an iconic role? Mm-hmm. Um, it like everyone was Team Taylor uh, until and the comment comes out and kind of just makes the situation worse. Uh, when mm-hmm. I think it would have been better to just. Stay to quiet. not say anything at all. 
Right. And because so, you, because you know Jason Trier's on it. Yeah. So <laughs> we're we're we are gonna get to that. So uh, so Bayonetta voice Bayonetta voice three Bayonetta three voice actor Jennifer Hale has responded to the discussion, and has stated that she supports every rights every actor's right to be paid well, and that she's advocated for this for years. Okay. So here's the full text of the statement. With regards to Bayonetta 3, as a longtime member of the voice acting community, I support every actor's right to be paid well and have advocated consistently for this for years. Anyone who knows me or has followed my career will know that I have great respect for my peers and that I am an advocate for all members of the community. I am under an NDA and am not at liberty to speak regarding the situation. My reputation speaks for itself. I sincerely ask that everyone keep in mind that this game has been created by an entire team of hardworking, dedicated people, and I hope everyone will keep an eye open about what they've created. Finally, I hope that everyone involved may resolve their differences in an amicable and respectful way. Now, I also saw a couple other voice actors come out in support of Jennifer Hale, who, of course, at this time is getting all kinds of awful messages and, you know, and uh, have been saying that, like, yeah, no, Jennifer's always been somebody who has like looked out for the community. And when I started out, I think it was Ashley Birch who said that like when she started off doing voice uh, over in, in games that Hale acted as like a mentor of sorts. And so then we had this new report from Schreier at Bloomberg and it disputes Taylor's account of her negotiations with Platinum Games. Uh, apparently that developer reportedly offered Taylor somewhere between three to four times her stated payment of $4,000 while she reportedly asked for a six-figure sum and residuals on the game. Uh, Taylor says that account of the negotiations is an absolute lie. Like, obviously, we may never actually find out uh, what that final number is, but the, a, 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 according to Platinum Games, they said that they were expecting to pay uh, 3000 to 4000 for four hours in the studio, with at least five sessions guaranteed. Uh, and, so that uh, would, that, that well, would make, I, I, yeah. Well, I could also say in regards to that is like on Resetera, there have been developers and people that work, like they're, they're verified accounts and they're like, that's on the high end for voice actors. Yeah. Uh, it might not seem like much, but it, right now in the voice acting community, that is, that's very good pay. I mean, that's also, I mean, not, yeah. not, not, not for nothing. Yeah. I understand that like, Part of the problem with this is that, you know... It, it the, should be better. But, and, yeah. and, and, and because you are such a huge part of the game and these games make millions of dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it is the kind of work where, like, you're going to have to... You have to have multiple roles a year, you know? And, yeah, the idea that, like, this these games sell as well as they do and then you don't get any money on the back end the same way that an actor does in a movie and gets residuals, like, should be better. However, we are we are arguing about something where somebody is making you know a thousand dollars an hour, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and granted, that means that they're only doing working you know four hours a a day, and who knows how long and what jobs they can take in between these sessions and stuff like that. Like I don't know the ins and outs of that, but the bottom line is we'll probably never find out what the actual amount was. But there's a huge difference between being paid four thousand dollars period and being paid four thousand dollars a session, right? And like, and, and here's the thing: like, Jason Schreier has been has a very good track record. He's writing for Bloomberg. 
he's uh, he, he it's not like a blog he he is writing for one of the most renowned media sites out mm-hmm. there uh has confirmed it with two people familiar with uh, uh negotiations and reviewed the documentation uh that this is around so it's not just like there's speculation uh of like what it was he he's seen tangible proof um in, in regards to this so it, it it becomes a bit hard i'm i'm wondering if there was like something wrong with the agent or, or something because like it, it does seem like they did reach out um you know after they got jennifer hill they did reach out for like a, a guest cameo uh for one session which is four thousand and i wonder if that's where that misconception comes from taylor's end but like it's hard to know without seeing those doc that documentation um and it just the entire situation just sucks um from top to bottom I- it's funny kind of seeing the internet reaction to it because it first started happening i was like you know boycott bayonetta don't buy bayonetta <laughs> then this other story came out and now they're saying that the pre-order bayonetta have actually increased since the the story shifted so it's, it's just kind of funny like within 24 hours less than that like it just all fell apart uh, it's it's very interesting it does make me glad that uh i didn't after taking my my two classes in college on uh, voice and, and speech. I didn't pursue a career in voice <laughs> acting. Uh, instead, I podcast here for free, where I get paid nothing. Excuse right. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but actually, technically, thanks to generous thanks. viewers and stuff like that, and and yes. their their Twitch subscriptions, we do get paid. A, 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 a <laughs> we get paid. We'll say we get paid uh, on the low end of voice acting. <laughs> Pennies. I, I think, Pennies I, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, I, I mean, we could buy an indie game. Call of Duty yeah. in April. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right. That wraps up this week's episode. Uh, James, why don't you let people know yep. where they can follow you? Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't do a lot online anymore. Like, like I said, used to do the Life Game podcast. That's kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. gone now but i'm still on twitch and twitter everywhere jamester0722 mm-hmm. uh that's where you can find me yeah this is going to be the james sessance yeah <laughs> the gemsons yeah the gemsons sure. uh <laughs> below where, where can people follow you and follow the site um so first off quick shout out to kotaku uh polygon and bloomberg and verge for providing our sources for news i should we should do a better job of calling yeah and thanking I, them for I, their work. I, 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 I also i try yeah. to i i'm trying to be better about it when we're in the articles yeah. actually mentioning where we're, where we're reading from and stuff like that yeah because yeah credit where credit is due i mean we're just a bunch of talking heads giving our opinions on other people's hard work yeah um but yeah uh so there's that and then uh you know you guys are here listening to the work prints uh games cast the work print can be found over at theworkprint.com we have a wonderful website, and we still got news from New York Comic Con going up. Um, is this the latest <laughs> website uh, look? I think it is. Uh, so you know, we had the Poloni Show Halloween special interview up, uh, as well as Koala Man, uh, some more stuff from New York Comic Con, as well as uh, you know seasonal recaps on La Brea and uh, other shows. Uh, I think House of the Dragons uh, reviews are going up as well. We got one more left there. Winchester's is being covered. Uh, fun stuff and then you can also follow us on socials on twitter facebook instagram and twitch uh at the work print uh wonderful staff of writers everyone is great uh love those guys 
All right. And for myself, uh, on Twitter, at Bilal underscore Mion, uh, I will try to stream out some Mario and Rabbits this weekend. Um, I... No, I'm going to play Marvel Snap after this. <laughs> Today. Uh, uh, I, I also don't want to break... Um, I also don't want to break street date uh, streaming on Twitch and get the channel yeah. banned or something. But like, yeah. I have a legit copy. Here it is. It's not not a pirated copy or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder how that works. I mean, you didn't sign an NDA. It's not like, you know... Yeah, it, it gets tricky. And it's not something i rather risk when we're in yeah, standing. Yeah. As for me, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0, across all social media and game platforms, except for TikTok. On TikTok, I am at Tito's Tabletop, T-I-T-O-S, Tabletop, the way you expect Tabletop to be spelled. You can see me opening up packs of My Hero Academia cards. Soon, I will be doing some more uh, board game-centric content on there, and I... For those who are watching the live stream, if you notice something a little bit different with my camera, although it still looks pretty great, if I'm being honest. Um, look at that. 249 views on my latest one. For me, that's impressive. That, yeah, that was, just that was me about 100 times. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> it's really nice. Um, also, I mean, I take great pride. I think I have some of the best card pack opening sound quality on, on, on these TikToks. Uh, and it's like my favorite thing about doing these. Um, but yeah, so the if you notice a little difference in the video quality, it's because I have moved my setup around so that I can make it much easier to actually do some board game stuff right here behind me. And some of those videos will go up on my personal channel, which I start when I actually start doing that stuff, I will promote on here. But in the meantime, uh, Bilal and I are hoping to actually get some up on the work prints and do some Twitch streams here. So make sure to have your notifications on for when I do that. I actually think that because... My family has a lot of things going on this weekend that I might have the house to myself for a few hours and might do like a midday weekend stream. And so we'll see if that actually comes about or not. As always, thank you so much those who watch this live. Thank you for those who listen after. Come and follow the channel, subscribe, use your Amazon Prime subscription if you would like to support us and help us, uh, you know, <laughs> increase our hourly, <laughs> our session rate. Uh, but also, like, I tend to try to pit any money that we get from here back into the stream somehow. Actually, the our latest payout, which I'm not going to disclose here, but was not a significant amount, uh, is paying for I, a percentage of one of my booster boxes that I'll, I used to open up here. I got a message from Rob today after I sent him uh, yeah. sent him his half of uh, the thing. He's going, why did you send me money? Yeah. <laughs> It was also, I mean, like I said, the amount in and of itself, I saw it, it was just like, like, what? Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so thank you guys so much. I, I still think the best way you support us is just come hang out with us, tell a friend, be advocates for us. Um, I, one of the things that I want to do is actually um, maybe we change change the name of my server and actually change it to just like the work prints game cast server and then have it open for people to just hop in and, and we'll make some channels in there. And so we can start building an actual community. We should also schedule a night for uh, my hero. Uh, yes. I, my, yes. my box is in. Uh, so just need to just set it up and we can play. Yeah. I mean, let me know. I'm down yeah. to do something tomorrow or Friday night. Uh, we can figure it out. 
I am seeing Black Adam tomorrow night, and I'm probably going to regret it. So. <laughs> Have fun. Enjoy. Yes. Yeah. All right. And thank you, James, for yep. you know finally coming back from the dead and uh, joining <laughs> us once again. No, uh, not a good time. Now Bilal, we can get the ghost of Jen back. I know, I know. <laughs> that is the uh, the ultimate prize is to get one where all four of us are on together. And That's right. No, nobody gets a word in. It, 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 will uh, be the, it, it will be the final podcast. I will yeah. just be dragged for existing. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just five hours of us bashing Bilal. Um, and hey Bilal, guys, hey guys, I made cupcakes. You Nazi! <laughs> like what did I do? <laughs> Some of our past podcasts really did go. That's not too far off from what the reality of it. Uh, no, Bilal, thank you so much, man. Honestly, besides the fact that you take time out of your your busy day with you know. Uh, I a love this. very a very young child but also yeah. like i mean people <laughs> i was gonna say people don't see it people who come for the pre-show do see it sometimes but like you are literally doing everything behind the scenes and and keeping it running and keeping it looking as professional yeah. as it does um and it's one of the things that i take great pride in is that it's the work that you do <laughs> and so, <laughs> so without, thank you. without me without me this podcast wouldn't happen but uh, really if that guy was out for a week nothing, nothing would run <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no exactly honestly yeah. if i had to do this by myself it would literally just be the 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 two if it was me and james it'd just be me screen sharing our discord like that's it it would just be two boxes us side by side talking forget about getting like the news articles popping up you're just gonna have to listen to me talk about them instead of actually seeing that's them right. on screen that's right yeah um, and uh no and, and james like i've i've always had an open door policy with the work print of like with writers and friends that i was like if life comes first and I, I told this to the uh everyone at new york comic con for the site this year like life comes first um if you need to step away you step away and if you ever want to come back that door is open and i you know i'm just glad you you reached out uh even if you're not even writing anything and you just want a podcast like the door is always open um <laughs> yeah yeah so and, I, and I, 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 it really made me happy that you reached yeah. out uh, all right and until next time Bye-bye. Bye-bye.